You are engaging in thuggish, oppressive, unconstitutional behavior. Officer, you need to repent of your lawless conduct. You can say Jessica's guilty, someone's paid a fine, she's out of here. Well, the good news of the gospel is God can let you go, he can dismiss your case, forgive your sins, commute your death sentence, because that's what you're under at the moment. The Bible says the soul that sins it shall die, okay? I know you think this is funny, I don't, this is deadly serious, because you could die tonight. One Christian before said something that stuck with me and I'll never forget it. He says this, the culture around you is the report card of the church. The culture around you is the report card of the church. How are you doing? All right. Hello, everyone. How's it going and what's going on? Uh, my name is Josh Lucas and I am the director of youth ministries at First Reformed Church here in Sibley, Iowa. And this is the gospel truth. And I'm so humbled and honored to be able to lead you today in this and uh, be able to hopefully encourage and challenge you with this episode today. And I have to apologize in advance. Um, because right now, um, we here in Iowa are being uh, forced into a winter storm right now. Uh, it's kind of going all around uh, the northwest Iowa region and even into South Dakota and Minnesota right now. Um, so it's snowing, icing, and, uh, and it's really cold outside. Um, so they put in an order for uh, little to no travel at all and uh, so I am working from home today and uh, and I live on an acreage um, so I'm upstairs in our upstairs room and, uh, and it does not have um, doesn't have insulation or it has insulation but it doesn't it's not connected uh, to the actual furnace itself um, so I have to keep a, a space heater running uh, in here to keep it nice and warm um, so that's what you hear in the background, uh, so I'm really sorry, but I'd rather have that going rather than you listening to me going, <laughs> so uh, hopefully you guys will forgive me for that, and hopefully it's not too distracting, but today is a very important episode, um, and I really wanted to do something different. Uh, I want to do a series on these episodes, uh, these next few episodes here. Uh, because obviously, I am a youth director slash youth pastor, you know, wh however, uh, you know, whatever kind of name that there is for that. Um, and uh, I'm very passionate about youth ministry and about the church itself. And uh, one of the things that I've always wanted to do is to encourage other youth pastors in the area or just all around the country and even around the world. Um, because I know that right now, youth ministry has been given a bad name. Um, so I want to talk about the different aspects of youth ministry, and I want to hopefully encourage the other youth pastors that are listening to this, or even the senior pastors, lead pastors, teaching pastors, elders or deacons or uh, ushers, ministers, preachers, whatever the case may be, or just even parents uh, to encourage your church leaders in these practical uh, things. Um, and this is from my, um, wow, I've been doing youth ministry now for, uh, wow, for almost 10 years now. Um, 
so uh and a lot of different things have happened uh i've been running youth groups that have had uh three kids and i've led them that's all the way up to 50 we've even had meetings where we've had a hundred um so uh it's been kind of a roller coaster so i want to just start things off uh today with the youth ministry uh the youth ministry series um we'll call it fruitful um how to have a fruitful youth ministry. So I want to introduce the idea of youth ministry and introduce the different ways that youth ministry is failing. And then uh, go, into, um, go into another episode that will lead into another episode on the practical ways in which, um, uh, just in which we can uh, ch change the way of youth ministry and to further the kingdom, especially when it comes to our young kids. Um, so why don't we just go ahead and get things started here? So, wow. Um, yeah, so 10 years I've been in youth ministry and I first started in youth ministry when I was still living in California. I'm from Clovis, California and, uh, right in the central Valley, right in, pretty much almost right in the center between Los Angeles and Sacramento. Um, so right there in the middle of, uh, of the coastline, uh, right in the middle of, uh, of California, almost right in that Valley there. Um, and, uh, I started at a little local church, um, uh, new life community church, uh, and it was great. It was, it was a really, really strong and amazing church, uh, that had superb members. Um, I was so, so in love with the members. I loved the church. Uh, they were very encouraging. Even when I, uh, even when I even started preaching, uh, at that church, I was not, I wasn't in seminary yet. I wasn't even in Bible college yet at that time. This was just simply, I was helping out the church that I was attending for quite some time and they hadn't started a youth group and they wanted me to start it and I said yeah so I had no training I had no experience I just went right into it just jumped right into the fire um, and they asked me to preach a sermon because our senior pastor at the time went on vacation and um, and so I preached my very first sermon and it was it was okay, <laughs> to say the least, um, but it was, uh, it, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of ums, um, uh, um, um, uh, um, um, you know, and a lot of pauses or a lot of, um, no, wait, I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say this, just nervousness, essentially, and um, and now we're at the, I'm, I feel like that I'm at the point now with my preaching that I'm way past that um, uh, to to not say, you know, to not constantly, you know, as I'm preaching, uh, you know, saying the ums and the ands and the, you know, the likes and, you know, whatever, the, the word fillers, basically. It was just, it was an amazing time. But that's where I started, was in a small little church. And when I started, we had about five kids. Um, and then it grew to right at about ten. Um, so I was doing that for three years, give or take, and uh, and then 
Um, then that's when I moved uh, to Arizona to go to college at Grand Canyon University. And then uh, from there, I, uh, I didn't do any youth ministry at all while I was in Arizona. And then I went to, uh, I met my wife and we got married and then we started attending Apologia Church out in Tempe, Arizona. Um, that's essentially actually where we got married. Um, and we, uh, uh, I started getting involved with the youth ministry there. Um, Hannah was doing uh, something else, I think with the women's ministry or something like that. And I was getting involved with their youth group and their youth ministry. Um, but then uh, things just started falling apart in, in, in Arizona. Um, just with the job that I had, the job that she had, uh, it just wasn't, it was just dead end jobs. And, uh, and we just really didn't feel like that's where God uh, wanted us to be. So uh, that's when we decided to move to Iowa to, to Hannah's hometown of Sibley. And that's where we've been living um, uh, since uh, uh, since 2017. Um, so yeah, we've been here for uh, quite some time. Uh, it's been a, been a quite an amazing ride. Um, and uh, yeah, but now come here to Sibley, Iowa, First Reformed Church, and this is a much larger youth group. Um, uh, now we're uh, sitting at uh, about 20 middle schoolers and around 25 high schoolers right now. Um, but we have had it to where we've had different uh, meetings and stuff where we've had 100 kids uh, that have been there or right at about that. A um, little bit less probably. Um, but, yeah, it's... See, I think this is the biggest problem with youth ministry is youth pastors and churches tend to think that the biggest focus is the cool factor, right? This is something where churches think like, oh, you have to draw the kids in in order to truly minister to them. And I truly believe that that's far from the truth in a certain sense so of course yeah you're gonna uh it's just like everything else with the church you know it, it i don't know if you're familiar with this uh um with this meme or, or this picture that's going around on social media but it's basically uh a picture of i'm assuming it's like something like joel olstein's church or or something like that um and it's packed tens of thousands of people um and then there's a picture of just a pastor and very little amount of people within the pews. And on the top picture, it says, when you tell people what they want to hear. And then on the bottom picture, it says, when you tell people the truth. So essentially, the, the message behind that is, you know, the, the people are going to be drawn to what they want to hear. They want to hear that they're good people. They want to hear that that oh Jesus is love and God is love and 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 there's nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ and there's no uh, there's no moral uh, moral obligation that you have to God and God's gonna love you anyway so just go do whatever you want to do and love your neighbor as yourself just be a good person be a good person be a good person um, and of course that's an easy message that there's no challenge in that that makes you feel good it, but when you actually teach from the Bible, you speak exegetically, 
and you actually explain the context, you explain the history, you explain what the text is actually saying, and you propose challenges like, yes, we do have moral obligations uh, to God. Yes, we uh, we do uh, need to follow the law. That's what he tells us that we need to do. That's that's the one main thing that Jesus said, that if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments, right? Uh but that's a that's a difficult message. That's a message that people don't want to listen to, right? Except for the true devout Christians, right? Those are the people that want to hear the truth. They want to know the truth so that they can go out and they can preach the truth to to other people, right? They want to please and honor God in everything that they do. They don't want to please man. They want to please God. And it's the same with youth ministry. Now, it's a, it's a tad bit different because, yes, you are dealing with kids. Um, and that's going to be one of the practical things that I talk about. But that's one of my biggest pet peeves with youth ministry is that churches and youth pastors focus on the cool factor. They focus on, okay, how hip can is my youth group going to be? How cool am I going to be? Like, I'm going to dress like the kids dress. I'm going to dress like this, or I'm going to talk like this, or we're going to listen to this music, or we're going to listen to that music. But it's not focusing on God. It's not focusing on developing disciples. It's just focusing on how do we create a cool youth conference or not a youth conference excuse me a youth country club because that's where the church is even headed to is is we're not churches anymore we're just country clubs so that's one big pet peeve that i have and that's something that we do not focus on at all within our youth group and and, and there are people within our church and there's people within our community that don't like that. And we've had parents and students that have left the youth group because of that. Because we don't play enough games. We don't um, uh, do enough fun activities or do any of this stuff. We do those things, but we do them secondly. Because the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to develop our discipleships. Our discipleship programs. That's the one thing that we focus on is really developing young disciples. One interesting book I want to recommend uh, to everyone, uh, parents, pastors, youth pastors, students, whatever. It's called Already Gone by Ken Ham. Uh, it's an amazing book. It really opens your eyes to the truth of what we need to do with youth ministry and even with the church. Um, because... Youth ministry has ultimately become a joke within the church, if I'm being brutally honest. I mean, I've been to some wacky youth groups in my day, and it's just crazy to me to see what some of these youth groups do and to see what some of the youth pastors even do. Um, I've even heard of stories and seen videos of where... Uh, pastors are you know filling their belly buttons with 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 peanut butter or filling them with with some type of stuff and the kids have to dig it out of his belly button or or do you know dig it out of someone else's belly button and that's to explain the empty tomb that's like the message between uh jesus and the empty tomb and it's just sickening it's like why can't you just tell the account 
of Jesus resurrecting from the dead, explaining the supernatural, amazing element of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Why do you have to add in the element of licking things out of your belly button or doing these weird things that ultimately don't bring honor and glory to God, but can confuse some kids, right? I, it just, it really, it really frustrates me that, that, that youth pastors do this, um, because like I said, they want to be cool. Another, another aspect of youth ministry that really uh, is killing youth ministry is we're so focused on the numbers that the, the content of youth group gets dwindled because we're trying to focus so much on the numbers. So the cool factor and the numbers part kind of go hand in hand together, but sometimes it's not even that we want it to be cool we want our youth group to be overall fun that's what we want to focus on we want our youth group to be fun we want our youth group to be safe we want our youth group to be um popular uh we want it to be relevant um you know whatever the case may be now there are i'm going to say this there are aspects of this that are true because one you do want it to be relevant right you want to talk about things that are relevant to the kids but guess what all the things that are talked about in the bible that your kids are going through like for instance abortion yeah your kids are facing the issue of abortion maybe not specifically like they're getting abortions but the culture, social media, influencers, their friends, their family, their teachers, whoever, they're talking about it. And it's a very controversial issue. And the Bible speaks about abortion. So, yeah, as long as you're talking about the relevant things of the world, you're relevant. You don't have to have all these crazy, wacky things in order to reach kids because right now what what would you say is the number one thing that kids are searching for right now because studies have been shown studies have been conducted kids are searching for truth that's what they want they're searching for the truth and why because their school the social media the 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 culture, everything is telling them different things that contradict their natural feelings, right? Like they're being pushed on uh, homosexual agendas, transgender agendas, liberal agendas, whatever the case may be. All these unnatural things they're trying to normalize, but kids are seeing that no, this is not normal. I don't. This does not feel normal to me because it, the. God is, 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 is helping them to feel their natural God-given abilities and their God-given natural nature. Is that marriage is between man and a woman. Like you are the gender that you were born as. Biologically, you are a male or a female. There is no other gender. It's either male or female. That's it.
and a lot of times we we tend to just focus so much on the games aspect we have to just play games all the time and do a little bit of bible study no brothers and sisters it it's reverse it's reverse and you're not going to please every single kid with this but don't let that one kid that says oh this is so boring dictate how you run youth group because that's the mistake that i made i made that mistake where everyone was excited about youth group loved what we were doing but there was one kid that said oh this is just so boring i want to play more games so we started adding in more games and then what happened our bible studies and our lessons got shorter and shorter until ultimately there really was no bible study no real rich bible study and no real lesson or teaching and finally the whole safe like um people tend to say like oh this is a safe space this is a safe space where there is um acceptance inclusion uh love and grace and mercy and all these things and those are amazing things yes we need to include people we need to accept people we need to tell them yes come here and 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 hear the truth and come here you are going to be loved we're all sinners in need of grace but what you're not going to get here is coddling we're not going to sit here and tickle your ears and say that oh well you know you're you're homosexual you're dealing with drugs you're dealing with alcohol sex outside of marriage uh, lust pornography lying cheating stealing uh, getting angry fighting doing whatever bullying all these things yeah we accept you come on come on come on well jesus loves you anyway so just come 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 and we'll we'll, we'll coddle you please just tell us what's going on oh i'm so sorry blah blah blah, blah. We need to tell kids the truth. No, you need to repent of this. You are heading towards destruction. If you do not turn away from this sin, if you do not turn to Jesus, you are going to burn in hell for all of eternity. And I don't want that for you. We don't want that for you. Because there is a way out. There's a different way of living your life. And come here, learn about it. Be up front with us. We'll be up front with you. We're going to love on each other. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to confess to each other. We're going to hold each other accountable. That's the sad reality of youth ministry. And that's why a lot of the the i'll just call them like the reformed church um the true biblical reformed church is turning more away from youth ministry because it's it's becoming a joke so they don't have a a youth group because well if they if they have one then it's going to turn into this or that so they just have elders and deacons running the, the youth group quote-unquote teaching the kids and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it i actually agree with that but right now we're in a history of the church 
where it's good to have a youth pastor. It's good to have a youth ministry program, especially if you're at a church where your elders and your deacons or your leadership aren't going to lead your kids. Because that's ultimately what the command is, and that's what churches need to be, is they need to minister to everyone within the church. I want to say this one thing, and I'm going to go more in detail with it on a future episode, but this is my goal for youth ministry, is I want to make my position as a youth pastor obsolete. The way that I view youth ministry is the way that I view addiction centers. Because who is responsible or who should be responsible for those types of things? It's the church. For all throughout church history and all throughout history, it's always been the church. The church has been taking care of the poor, the widows, the orphans, uh, the sick, the addicted, the, the poor in spirit, all of these different people, the church has been helping. And the church has been taking care of. But slowly, the church has dwindled off because, you know, fundamentally, the government has come in and said, no, no, no more of this. We'll handle it. We will take care of these people. So then... The government comes in and starts helping these individuals, but then there's more and more people that are going, oh, well, there's, you know, I, it's not coming from the church, it's coming from the government, so obviously no one's going to try to preach at me, no one's going to try to convert me, I can just do this, uh, uh, um, uh, I can do this um, anonymously, uh, and no one's going to... Uh, say anything to me i'm just going to collect a check or whatever and then go along my merry way and now there's millions and millions of people that are being supported by the government and that's not how it should be the church needs to be the ones that are helping these individuals Just like in youth ministry, the church needs to be the ones ministering to your children. Not trying to find some stranger from a thousand miles away or from a different state or anything. Your church, the ones that that took an oath whenever, either depending on what your church believes, infant baptism, dedication, uh, water baptism, believer's baptism, whatever the case may be, um, the oath that you took as a church to teach these children, to minister to them, to help the parents raise them up in Christ. These are the ones that need to be running the youth groups. But right now we're not doing that. And so that's, that's a passion that I have is to get the church back to what it needs to be. And that is ran by a local church body and everyone is pitching in to help the church to grow so i'm not saying that that, that that youth pastors are useless or anything like that no they're not but i want the church to go back to what it used to be the elders 
and the deacons they're the ones that are doing the pa the pastoring the preaching the teaching the all those aspects of ministry so on the next episode i really hope that you guys uh will will listen to the next episode but the next episode we're going to start getting into the the practical things that'll help youth pastors right now um to to create that fruitful ministry that that you so desperately want so if you're struggling right now with your youth ministry or you're struggling with you know direction or you know you're battling things within your church like with your church body or whatever um just know you're not alone it's normal sadly right now just like i said uh the church is not doing what the church needs to be doing um uh so just but just realize there are ways that you can help yourself and there are ways that you can help um the church in itself um so i want to go through uh different practical ways but this is uh this is the series of fruitful so come back next time on the next episode and we're going to talk about the cool factor uh really specifically on how we can be uh really faithful to god really faithful to god's scripture but also quote unquote have that cool factor but it's not going to be your typical cool factor um, with typical youth ministry. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I really hope that you were encouraged and even challenged by this. I really hope and pray that this that this episode series is going to be great. And, I, and that it will be uh, really encouraging for all the youth pastors and pastors and even parents out there. But this is the gospel truth. I am Josh Lucas. And always remember, be safe and make good choices. Have a blessed day.